Now I have a big problem with undead, particularly mindless undead. In fantasy games, in modern day horror games, I just, I just don't like how we handle them because how we handle them is stupid. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of How to Be a Great GM. My name is Guy and today we are talking about why I find the undead are so badly managed. I find them a ridiculous idea, at least certainly the way that they presented in most fantasy and horror settings. The mindless undead, this notion that there are these somehow animated cadavers or collection of bones that are there and that will attack the living. And yet all of their organs are rotting or completely missing. I'm like, okay, all right, wait, stop, 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 stop. I can handle goblins. I can handle ogres. I can handle witches. I can handle trolls. I can handle mandarin monkeys. I can, I, that's, that's fine. What I cannot handle is these undead because it makes no sense, right? So, so, so let's, let's unpack this. So look at the origins of the undead. Where did they come from? Now, it could be a curse, an evil curse, so that all the dead will rise. Why? Okay, so you're wanting to destroy the town. Okay, so does that mean once the undead have ravaged through the town or the little area, they all fall apart? Because their goal was to ravage the town. Is it to ravage all of mankind? Okay, sure, that's a bit of a bigger goal, but that gives them a very specific purpose, right? Go and ravage mankind. Or all the living creatures must die. Okay, great. What's the definition of creature? So are the undead going to just start mowing lawns? Are they going to start deforestation programs? Are they going to destroy anything that's living? Absolutely anything that's living. Rats and dogs and horses and cats and things. That's fine. I don't have a problem with the mandate. I have a problem with this idea that the undead are just left in chambers. Or the fact that the undead rise from their tombs to protect their graves. If the people in the tomb are not desecrating the grave, that trigger shouldn't happen. Just going into a tomb or a grave, unless they were specifically told not to, shouldn't be a trigger for it. And again, I kind of go, well, once they're done, they should crumble down into dust or they should return to where they came from because they've fulfilled their mandate. So when you are running adventures and you walk into a chamber and it's full of undead skeletons, you're like, what's their mandate? Why are they here? Did we trigger them? Did we set them off? Are they just here because they're a convenient monster? So that's something that I have a big problem with is that the origin is oftentimes vague or just not set. Why would someone go to all of the effort to raise these skeletons or these zombies and then stop. Oh, because it's a plague. It's a viral infection. Okay, all right, that's fine. If it's a viral infection, I can buy that. But the virus is going to want to spread. That's all that viruses, what they want to do is spread, right? Okay, cool. They want to try and bite people. They're going to try and spread the plague. That's an important distinction though. Because you're going to see about in terms of what they are doing later. So if it's if the mandate is virus, spread virus. Great stuff. It's a good mandate to have. But they do have to have a reason. So before you put undead into your ancient crypt, 
Think about what their mandate is. What is the reason why they were created in the first place? It will make them feel much more interesting than just a bunch of things for the characters to beat down on until they have overcome them. So think about the origins. Next, it's magical. There is absolutely no form of undeath that is natural. Oh, it's a virus. Sure, it's a virus. Right, okay. That's still a magical idea. It's a fantastical idea. There are very, very, very few things in life that are not zombie-inducing, that are not magical. There is one, I know, the fungus that infects the ants and causes the ants to go and kill themselves so the fungus can feed on the ant. Yeah, 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 yeah. We all know about that. But look at that. There's a mandate. That is a organism taking over the controls of another organism to go and get itself in a place that that first organism can grow from. That's important. That gives us a distinction. So aside from zombie-inducing fungi or natural reasons, let's say, the entire being of an undead is magically oriented. And we go a step further. A skeleton with eye sockets or with the very small little holes that will allow for the nerves to go to the brain for the ears or a nasal cavity or a mouth with no tongue or any means of actually putting food into its mouth. If it is this kind of thing, and I'm including zombies here as well because all of their organs are theoretically rotting. That means the bones are animases or at least whatever, right? I'm getting bogged down and trying to make this as specific as possible. It's magical. So why do they have line of sight? There must be a magical aura that they are aware of, regardless of sunlight or darkness, regardless of whether the character is invisible or not. Does the undead smell? In terms of do they have a sense of smell? There are a lot of zombies that can sniff a human hiding in a cupboard for dramatic reasons. Well, if they have some kind of olfactory ability, some kind of sense like that, again, they wouldn't need to inhale it. It would be a magical property. What are they doing? If they have no nose, all of those little senses in their noses are gone. They have no tongue, which is another sense for flavor. So their lungs are inhaling air and exhaling air. But their lungs don't work because they don't need to breathe. So that whole sniffing thing, it's like, it's just magical. So all of their senses are magical. So why would they ever bother about not moving around at night or me, me being more sluggish at night or, you know, being affected by the day or not? Why would they not hear something if it's in their radius? They're not hearing it. They're magically detecting it, right? So that for me is a major issue with the undead. They, why would they have a sight line? There's nothing to sight with. I hate that. I hate that. Now imagine also... If the dungeon is pitch black, but it's full of undead, they don't need to see anything. They're magically sensing it, right? It also means that if you are cutting off, oh, you've got to cut the brain out. Why? It's, it's not, not functioning. functioning. The organs of the creature are not functioning. It is a magical construct. Cut its head off. Would it stop being able to see where you're going? No, it wouldn't because it's sensing it. Cut its arm off, cut its leg off, makes no difference. So why should the head make a difference? Oh, because that's the MacGuffin that we've all learned to accept. 
Well, it's wrong. I don't understand why you would have it. It also makes the monsters much more interesting. A headless corpse is literally coming to attack us and we can cut it down until it is literally little cubes. And so that's where you have to decide how much of the original creature needs to be existent for the magic to continue to work, for the spell or the curse or the whatever it is to keep it together. This also gets us to the idea of sustaining the magic. How is the magic sustained? Is it, is it in perpetuity? Does the virus just last forever? Does it go dormant and picks up again the moment the creature survives again? Does the zombie slowly rot away and then become a skeleton? Or does the virus just simply die off with its host as the flesh eventually turns into dust? These are some interesting questions which I feel we need to put a little bit of time and effort into thinking about so that we can make much more interesting monsters much more interesting undead now when you think about it that way you go well if there is something that has to sustain them the idea of zombies eating brains we must get brains prions that's what we want there is some mechanic for sustaining the magic but why is it the brain why not the heart why not the liver perhaps it should be the testicles who knows what it should be, right? It's a random body part. The brain is just because that's the center of learning and knowledge. If they have to sustain themselves, they will never stop. The idea of coming across a town that's been completely abandoned and yet it's filled with zombies. Why are the zombies there? They certainly wouldn't be. If we look at any other natural organism, when there is no food about, that organism will try to move and find food up until the point that it dies of starvation. So when you look at these ideas of zombies or skeletons, you go, they should be constantly migrating, following the living that they need in order to survive. That's their mandate, eat the living to survive. They will follow the living. They won't just go, well, there's none in the town anymore. I guess I'll just stand in the corner and hope for food to come past. That is not how zombies work. They are not ambush predators. They are aggressive, at least in the common ideology of zombies. Perhaps you do need to have some predatory zombies that line the street with... Uh, organs that have been d changed to look like roast meats or vegetables or a feast or something along those lines and they just wait in which case then they must have a very slow metabolism now when it comes to combat you need to decide is it proximity based are they aggressive out to 100 feet are they not aggressive to 100 feet remember this is not a creature that supposedly has any intelligent thought. It can sometimes open doors, it can climb stairs, it can jump down things. So there is a certain level of cognitive ability there, but apparently they don't have thought. They can't lay traps. Maybe they can, depending on your world. But what is their trigger? At what point do they detect? Is it 60 feet? Is it 10 meters? Is it 100 meters? Is it enhanced by the wind or etc etc but it should be a fixed value and if something is in that value they should attack unflinchingly they are mindless after all supposedly if that is the case what is their objective have they been programmed with an objective do they just attack the nearest target that usually is the default which is absolutely fine and is actually one of the few things that makes sense they wouldn't scatter to try and attack others because either they are aware of themselves 
or they are not aware of themselves. And this is the big question about combat. If the skeleton is there to destroy the interlopers, it needs to know what the interlopers, well, it needs to know what interlopers are so that it can detect them, right? On the other hand, it doesn't need to know about its fellow companions. Skeletons are not going to coordinate their attacks. They're just going to attack, unless they're more complicated, in which case it's entirely up to you to decide. But I kind of feel like you've got to choose one or the other. And so they would just attack the nearest target to them that is an interloper. And now I know there are a lot of times where people have covered themselves in the entrails of zombies to hide their scent. Once again, we go back to the notion of how do your undead see? How do they sense? If it's a magical sense, covering yourself up in the guts of a zombie is not going to hide the fact that you have a heartbeat or the fact that you are warm to the touch, unlike the zombies, which don't have a circulatory system and as a result have no body temperature. We need to then say, okay, 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 let's go back. Let's unpack this. Let's redesign our undead to be much more interesting. Even if they're still mindless simpletons, we now can understand how they behave, which means that our players can learn how our undead behave and can start to adapt and react appropriately. Now, does this mean that vampires who are undead suddenly are mindless bloodsuckers? Well, perhaps there is an order that is. In which case, how did the vampires maintain their intelligence? What magic was involved there? I think unpacking undead in your world space and answering these questions that I have asked will give you a much more flavorsome undead than just using what's in the books. Just going, oh, it's a skeleton and it attacks you. And it's going to attack you and you and you. Why would they split themselves? My point is made, I think. If you agree with me, hit that like button. If you disagree with me, hit that like button so that I know that you at least have watched the video and that you have had some kind of reaction to it. Now, I would love, love to see what you do with Undead. And I can only do that if you share it in the comments down below. Let me know, how, is, how do you do Undead? Have I completely missed the plot? Am I being too pedantic in my approach going, you know what, guy, it's a bloody game. Just stop. Or maybe you go, I never thought about that. My zombies are now all going to be 30-foot radial detectors. If you're already in a game, quick little warning, if you're already in a game, don't suddenly change your undead now. You could have a major event happening where the god of death does something, have a little adventure where the players are involved, and the undead suddenly change. You could do that. That could be quite fun. But don't just suddenly change them. Your players are going to go, wait, hang on a moment. These have suddenly changed. All right, enough from me. Until next time, massive thank you to you for watching all the way through to the end. A huge thank you to our web goblin for keeping our website, www.greatgamemaster.com, alive and happening with information, updates, downloads, all sorts of cool and wonderful things. Check it out if you want stuff. It's there, all on the website. Until next time, happy gaming.